This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. So hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. Welcome back to season six of the Leading Second Podcast. So glad you're here today. We're back from an Easter break uh, here on the podcast. I pray everyone listening had a great Easter weekend. Pray the house was full of life and hope and that the gospel was boldly proclaimed at each of your churches. We love you. So thankful for how each of you serve in the second chair. If we haven't met yet, my name is Brandon Stewart, and we created this space for you. If you lead from the middle in any capacity in your church, leading second is for you. So welcome home today, and hey, it's the year of the leader here on season six of the podcast. Uh, We believe that the greatest need the local church is facing today is leadership. So we have dedicated this season to having important leadership conversations, and I'm so excited about today. Today, you're going to hear from a great friend of Leading Second, Temi Pope from Union Church. She's a brilliant leader who leads so well from the second chair. You're going to love this conversation today. Before we get into today's conversation, I want to make you aware of a new resource we've just launched with Leading Second, and it's called Leading Second Plus. Leading Second Plus is our new online learning site for our tribe. It's designed to come alongside you in your development as a leader. We've uh, launched the site with a whole new set of online courses, leadership labs, live events, staff meetings, and our library is set to grow each month. Uh, with content that can serve as a catalyst for leadership growth and development for you and your team. I'm so excited to bring Leading Second training and DNA to you every single month. In addition to Leading Second Plus, we've also created a way uh, for you to bring this content to your whole church or your whole team, and we call it Leading Second Pro. Leading Second Pro is a program for groups or teams of leaders uh, with all the features of Leading Second Plus, but with added monthly coaching to assist you in establishing a leadership development culture and program at your church. And since it's for groups, uh, every account comes with a discount uh, for every member of your team. It's something we've created to come alongside entire churches to bring Leading Second to your whole team. If you want to check things out as a podcast listener, I'd like to personally offer you a 30-day free trial of Leading Second Plus. Now listen, everybody gets a seven-day trial because you're a podcast listener. We're going to give you 30 days on us. Just use the code PODCAST to get started on your leadership journey. Uh, For more information, head to leadingsecondplus.com. If you're interested in bringing Leading Second Pro to your team, fill out the intake form there, and we'd love to get back to you on pricing and information on that. Let's go, Leading Second Plus. 
Well, Temi Pope is up today on the podcast. I love Temi. She's the executive pastor at Union Church in Baltimore, Maryland. She's a brilliant leader. And quite frankly, she just gets it when it comes to leading from the second chair. She's been a part of our tribe now for a while. She's been on a number of things. I'm just calling her family from here on out. I believe this conversation today is going to encourage you and it's going to continue to give you language and perspective around a topic that I think is important for us to understand. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Temi Pope. Welcome back, Timmy. So glad to have you back on the Leading Second podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be back. Hey, I love talking with you. I love your heart. I love your perspective. And as we were just um, reminiscing a minute ago, we shared a common love for government slash conspiracy shows. <laughs> So, Something to pull us anyway. out of reality every once in a while. Exactly, exactly. You're a a, a former or current lawyer, in addition mm-hmm. to being in ministry, correct? Yep, I am an attorney, still licensed, still barred. They remind me every time they cash my check every year, <laughs> but I'm not actively <laughs> practicing. But yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so glad you're here, and of course, you are the chief of staff at. Union Church. How are things going at church for you all right Man, now? It's crazy. Like, honestly, I the only other way I can say it is this is truly a move of God. I think the way that the church has grown, it's, you know, we say it around with staff, with Pastor Stephen, Pastor Zai, like we're, we're good. We're, we do what we can. We steward the moment, but we're not this good. And this is clearly God's hand on the church. And we're just honored that we get to play a part. I'm honored that I get to play a part. Yeah. Yeah, you have a brilliant pastor, uh, wonderful, wonderful pastor with a such a great teaching voice, and you all have stewarded a very special season in your church. So we love you. I love talking with you. Thank you for being generous with your time on the podcast today. Let me kind of set up where I want to go with this conversation today. Today, I wanted to talk with you on some language that we use at my home church I don't hear it used very many other places, but we use it. It's helped me as a leader in the middle. It's helped me to see something that maybe my pastor was looking for from me at times. And I want to offer this language to leaders, you know, everywhere else. And, and today I want to talk about standing in for your leader, standing in for your leader. And I don't normally do this, but I'm just going to, I guess, give a little bit of, context to this. You know, my family, we were in uh, New York City last week at the time of this recording for my daughter's spring break. I had some ministry out there and we actually did something that we uh, have never done in all of our New York trips in that we saw our first Broadway musical and loved it. Uh, We saw Wicked, had an incredible cast. It was a lot of fun. My daughter's a, a theater kid. So she was just wide eyed the whole night. It was super fun. Um, but I noticed when I was looking through the playbill that several of the, the principal characters uh, had understudies, you know, they had stand-ins, they had people who at a moment's notice could take their place, you Mm -hmm. know, people who at a moment's notice would maybe be called up to fill a moment that's usually filled by the principal, you know, mm-hmm. whether that be for whatever reason they're out, the understudy, the, the standing could be called up. And it's so interesting to me because 
the principal still holds the role. You know, just because the stand-in comes in, the, the principal still has the role, but there are times where a principal actor needs a stand-in, needs mm-hmm. someone to own that moment for them. And it got me thinking about what my pastor and, and how he's framed leadership for us over the years, that as second chair leaders, we're often called to stand in for our leader. Yeah. In other words, there are moments where all of us have to um, occupy and own because our leader isn't there, but the moment needs to be led. And it needs to be led on behalf of our of our pastor, of our leader. And so I just want to talk about some of those dynamics today. And I guess as I'm setting this up, um, have you ever found yourself in in this situation? Because, you know, we're, we're talking about moments where you might have to lead a meeting on your pastor's behalf or your leader's behalf, or maybe um, the less popular stuff would be like moments where you need to have a tough conversation with someone, you know, on behalf of your pastor, you know, rather than pass the buck to them, maybe you have to own it. I guess, have you ever found yourself in your roles at Union Church uh, in that, you know, in that place? Yeah. I mean, I think that is the job of the second chair leader is to be able to be in rooms and places and do the things that your pastor can't do. I have had several conversations on behalf of um, Pastor Stephen or Pastor Zai, um, because one, they I don't even want them bothered with it. Like, I don't need you guys worrying about right. this. I can handle it. Um, or, or, but two, they like they have more important things to do. And when I say more important things, not that having a conversation with someone or pastoring someone is not important, but it's like if he's right. getting ready to preach on a Sunday, he can't deal with X. Or if he's, you know, if he's getting ready to go minister, he can't deal with X. So yeah, That's we, we, we call in. that, we call that it's not better than it's different from, you know, the, exactly. the, we, we, we shouldn't see the work as, yeah, like you said, more important or something, but it's different and they occupy a different space than we do. Different space. Yeah. So that's, that's my job. That's, that's literally what I'm supposed to do. But in, the only way I'm able to do that is I have spent years trying to learn my pastor right. and learn his heart and learn what decision would he make in this moment? How would he handle this conversation? How would he handle that conversation? How, what, what would he do with this person? What would he do with that person? Um, because ultimately at the end of the day, again, this is not my thing. I am stewarding the seat. I'm stewarding this on behalf of them. Does that make sense? So it yeah, is, totally. uh, it's, I mean, in some situations I just want to go in, I am a lawyer by trade. I am a type, I am a type one. I, I mean, like I am rules, black and white, (laughs) what does it say? And I just want to blaze in and say, you can't do X, do this. But my pastor is a pastor, pastor. Like he truly pastors Mm. everybody, every moment. And I'm just like, no, let's just, you know, let's not throw someone away, but let's just, let's, let's deal with it this way. And he's like, no, you have to see the pastoring moment in that opportunity. And you have to be able to see the root under the root under the root. And I'm like, (laughs) all right. So, I mean, and it's helped. It's made me a better pastor. (laughs) Cause I go into conversations now and it's literally in my head, it's what would PS do? Like what would pastor Steven do um, in this conversation? How would he go? And it's, it's helped me become a better leader. It's helped me become mm-hmm. better with people, but it is um, it's standing in for him because he's only one yep. person. And as a church grows, you can't be everywhere. Well, and 
before somebody turns this episode off is like, okay, I get it that, you know, that's our job. I want to acknowledge this is not supposed to be a profound conversation. Yeah. A thought. Yeah. You know, this is meant to be permission giving because I'll, I'll tell you what I am often in environments when, when second chair leaders don't understand the tension of this and how to navigate this, the, one of the knee jerk responses is just delegate everything up. You know, mm-hmm. pastor can make that call. Pastor can have that conversation. Pastor can make that decision. Let's see what pastor thinks, all that. And to me, when we're constantly in that mode, I, I get it. If you're a brand new church, you're a startup, you're in your first, you know, trailblazing season. Yeah, that might be your reality and that's okay. Right. But as we move forward, if we fail to get this dynamic right, we don't multiply the mission like right. we need to. We don't multiply our pastor's voice in in rooms and spaces like we need to. We don't connect people to our pastor's heart. I mean, to me, we just leave a lot on the table mm-hmm. when we don't take the permission to own the moment. Let me ask you this, though. You mentioned you're a type one. I, I'm imagining that you thrive under under some structure, under some clarity, so mm-hmm. how do you navigate moments that aren't clear? Because a lot of times this isn't clear. It's not. What? It's, it's a perfect example. I made a decision recently um, because I thought it was a decision that he would make. And when I circled <laughs> back, he was like, uh, I actually wouldn't have done that. And here's why. And, da, 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 da. and now Uh-oh. hear me. I've been with my pastor long enough that he knows my heart. I know his heart. So my ego is just not a part of the equation. Very it's good. not, Very good. it's like, okay, I made the wrong call. Like, it's not even like a, Oh, let me go kick myself. Let me sit in my office. Let me think about how did I get that wrong? I don't have time to get upset and say, well, that's how you normally do it. Why did you change it this time? It's, I mean, like it, I immediately go into, okay, but why? Okay. Why would you do that? Okay. Well, why would you say that? Does that really make sense? And for me, it's not, it's not questioning. It's not arguing. It's not being disrespectful. I'm just seeking to understand why you yes. would make that decision in the moment. And I'm really, and, and the thing that most leaders don't do, and I used to be this way too, is I would just accept it and move and move on. But then when I'm faced with that same situation again, if I didn't wrestle with it with my pastor and truly understand it and believe it and accept it, then when I'm faced with that decision again, I may make the wrong call. So I, I, I remember sitting in his office and I was like, nope, walk me through that because that doesn't make sense in my head. Like, I don't, I don't know if that was the right call. And, you know, we have a healthy relationship where I'm not, I'm not pushing back, but it's, it's a dialogue of help me understand so we can see how we got here and how you made that decision so that the next time it comes up, we're not back here again. And I'm able to make that decision, which allows this thing to move further faster because I don't have to slow down to circle back with you. And now there's no bottleneck. That's so good. And so well said, and something that's interesting, you, you're talking about being a student of your pastor, um, but something that's interesting about visionary leaders is they can make different calls in different moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and that's actually, I've been teaching about this a lot in Leading Second recently in coaching groups and such. Um, that's part of them being a visionary is their their ability to lead change. Mm-hmm. 
And um, we certainly don't want to shut it down. That would not help, you you know, at all. At the same token, it does make sure we're constantly studying, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so maybe just, I don't know if this is like too practical, but like, take us into a moment like you've just been doing and give us some language when your pastor maybe made a different call than you would have, or, you know, made a different call than he did last time, or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Like what's language you're using? What are you asking him in that moment to seek clarity so that you can get it right in the future? I think the first question that I'm always asking is I, well, let me, let me back up. I think the first thing that I try to do to get ahead of learning my pastors, I, I tend to bring my decision-making back to him. So I like to circle back. It's just, I don't know if it's habit. I don't know if it's just how our relationship has evolved over the years, but I like to come back and not in a dump the work on his plate, but just, Hey, just want to let you know, this thing came up and here's the decision that I made. Was that the right call? And I give my leader permission to speak into it as opposed to I make the wrong call. He finds out five weeks out, he's upset or he's like, hey, why did you do that? But I'm like, no, I made this call. I handled this situation. Was that the right call? And then usually it's, oh, yeah, that's fine. Or, oh, no, I would have done this, but it's not the end of the world. It's very rare, but it, it does come up of, hey, no, that's the wrong call. Let's fix it. Um, and yeah. when he says that's the wrong call, I immediately go into, okay, help me understand why that's the wrong call. Because let me walk you through my thought process. This is why I made this call based off of this. Yeah. And now you're changing it. And what you said something about visionaries. It's their ability to lead through change. I think not everybody, I know everyone listening to this, their second chair, or their first chair is not a pastor, but my leader is a pastor and that he always leaves room for the Holy Spirit. So yes, we yeah. may have made a call this time, but right. it may have been, I need to do something different because I felt an unction right. from the Holy Spirit to deal with this situation differently because of whatever. So Um, there's also that. So for me, I just really, I try to ask questions. I say, why is it that you made that call this time? And, and then, you know, he explains it. And then I just ask follow-up questions based on how he explains it. Um, I remember we were making a decision about, um, services. Um, and I was, I was, we were trying to make, it was strategic decision, decision decision-making that we needed to make. Um, and, Again, my brain, the way it works, one plus one equals two. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And he, I mean, he's literally like, no, let's slow down. I don't feel like that's the right call right now. Let's, let's wait a minute. Let's, let's think about it. Or even I think about hiring decisions. Like I'm like, oh, this person has this thing that we're looking for. They don't have this. They don't have that. And I'm like, okay, what do you think? I'm going to make this decision. And he's like, "Mm, let's pray on that. Like, you know, and there's just moments of like, yeah understanding how he's leading through it and just pausing to like, I I really think that I keep going back to this. The ego has to go like that ego of, I need to present myself to my pastor that I'm competent, that I'm capable, that I'm smart, that I'm intelligent. He knows that that's why you're in the seat. And it's, I gotta, I gotta position myself as a student of, I just want to learn and I want to build the trust of my decision-making in this relationship so that you don't always have to step in. That's so good. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm remembering a couple seasons for me. I'm remembering 2019 
I, I used to lead our our annual team church conference, our mm-hmm. kind of our church's largest event of the year. And um, 2019, we were on like all cylinders. Like we mm-hmm. were, we were, it was a, you know, was such an incredible year of the conference. And I really determined that year, like I was going to lead. I had the trust. I had the permission. I started working with our team on it months before he knew we were, I mean, like, like we were on our game Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you where that paid off was not in kudos, was not in attaboys, was not in any of that. You know where it paid off was uh, late spring. The conference is in the summer. Late spring, my pastor got hit with a really serious situation that mm-hmm. absolutely sucked up his entire schedule for weeks. Mm-hmm. And and this is like crunch time for mm-hmm. our event. And he's... I mean, to a degree telling me like, I don't have a lot of time to meet mm-hmm. with you right now. Yeah. And he just kind of said, I, I need you to own it. I just, yeah. I just need, I just need you to, to just do it. Thank God I had a level of trust. You know, we had been working on this for a few years. To me, that was the payoff was I was able to look at him and say, just go do what you need to do. Like we got, got this it. and we'll, we'll, yep. we'll get this over the over the line, you don't need to worry about it. And we did. And it wasn't me. It was, it was a whole team of people, but it was that to me was the payoff was that he was released. Mm -hmm. And isn't that kind of what we're getting down to is our work is, you know, their work is not better than ours. It it is different from ours though. And, and we have to actively release them into that. Say, pastor, you, you do what you need to do, you know, here in this moment, like I've got the home front, I've got, my spot covered. I can stand in for you in these moments. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm remembering that. And then I'm remembering 2020 just a year later when the entire game, it felt like changed. Ooh, and I remember it. feeling so, I, and I felt so frozen. I didn't know what to do, y- you know, because everything I had learned was like, it didn't work anymore, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so I, I guess I'm 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 praying that even though in some ways we're navigating new territory the last couple of years, I'm praying leaders can kind of find their way yeah. into learning their pastor, building that trust so that we can release them mm-hmm. into what God, you know, into what God has for them. No, I think that that's good. One of the things that I do to help me better own those moments or better be the leader that my pastor is. So when we hear leadership teachings, we always should hear it from two lenses of I am someone being led, but I'm also a leader leading someone. So, so when I think about I'm I'm Pastor Stevens, I'm I'm Pastor Stephen Pastor's I second chair leader, I'm always thinking, who is my second chair leader? And what are the things that I wish they were doing? Mm. What are the things that I wish they were asking? What are the things that they're taking off my plate that's relieving me? And then I kind of take that and I'm like, am I doing that for Pastor Stephen and Pastor's I? Am I taking that off of their plate? And it it does this duality of if I have someone that's doing it for me, then I'm I'm reminded of you're also doing that for someone. And it so gives good. you, it keeps you in this space of I need to keep learning. I need to keep growing. I need to, and it's it's humbling. It is humbling. Yes. I have yes. leaders that I lead that like they'll do something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was such a blessing to me. And then I stop to think, have I ever done that for Pastor Stephen and Pastor Zai? I need to go I do know, that. Totally. Or I need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just like, I need to go be a better leader because there are, everyone thinks making decisions 
is the only way that you build trust. Yes, making good decisions and making right decisions, fantastic way to build trust. But being consistent, being reliable, doing what you say you're going to do, showing up when you say you're going to show up, showing up emotionally balanced and stable, all of that stuff goes into building trust. Because if I have a leader who shows up when they say they're going to show up, does what they say they're going to do, emotionally, mentally stable, all of that stuff is taking care of their physical health, taking care of their emotional health, um, and they're making their wrong decisions, I still feel like I can teach that. I can teach you how to make better decisions. Does that make sense? But if I have someone who's making the right decisions, but I don't know if you're going to show up today to make the right decisions, then it kind of, kind of puts us at a, at an impasse. Totally. Totally. Okay. I want to ask you about this. You Mm -hmm. said this one time, you said something to the effect of how you lead in every moment determines you know, the next moment in which you can lead. In other words, you're Mm -hmm. always kind of interviewing for your next job. Can you talk to us about that? Because I think this, this really plays into if you can even own the moment and stand in for your leader, little stuff like showing up on time or, you know, a moment is not just a moment. Like we, every, every leader, I do it too. We all do it. We're like, we're waiting for that moment that is like, this is it. This is the moment that puts me on the map. This is the moment that I've been waiting for. (laughs) And that moment will come, but we all miss the, the millions of little moments that led to that moment. Right. So, So, and it's, I, I remember, um, this is, I'm taking you way back, but I remember in middle school, I was on um, the JV basketball team. And at the time, there was one extra spot on varsity that our um, our coach would leave open for whoever worked really hard on JV. And every every game day, he would announce like, hey, you're not going to be on var- uh, JV today. You're going to go play on varsity. And he, he said, he goes, and he, I remember him telling me, he goes, this is the interview before the interview. And he was like, this is a life lesson. Every moment determines that big moment. So you really just want me to announce your name on Friday to play in that game. But I'm watching how you show up to practice. I'm watching how wow. you interact with your team. I'm watching how you play. I'm watching if you know your plays. I'm watching, like he's watching all of this stuff. And it's not just the person who played the best at that game. Does that make sense? So Oh, totally. For leadership, it's the exact same thing. Your leader is always watching all the time. So in the moment that you think was your moment and like, oh, I should have got that shot. It's like they don't think you're ready for it because they watched how you blew up on a coworker or they watched how you dishonored someone or they watched how you didn't show up. And everything we do and hear me, it shouldn't be paralyzing. Don't become performative like it should be genuine but your leader is watching you. And there are moments that either build your trust or erode your trust. And it's not just, it's not just, Oh, I saved us a lot of money. Oh, I made this decision. Oh, I did this. And it's like, yeah, you can do all of that. But if you're not honoring, if you're not respectful, if you're not growing spiritually, if you're not showing up on time, if you're not reliable, then that big moment that you've been waiting for is never going to come because they can't trust you with the big, if you haven't steward all those little moments before. Brilliant. Brilliant. And as someone who is a recovering, uh, you know, approval addiction (laughs) person, um, (laughs) you know, I think how I started framing it to myself a while back was I'm not going to seek the moments. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to seek being the go-to guy. I'm not going to get, you know, 
offended if somebody else gets picked. Um, I at least want my pastor to have the option. If he needs yeah. to come to me, he can come to me. I So I, I frame it more in my mind. I don't know if this even makes sense, but I frame it as I want my pastor to have an option. If he yeah. needs a leader, I'm here. Um, if he doesn't, that wasn't my moment and I'm okay with it. You know, just like leading out of contentment, but at least he knows he has an option with me. Yeah. You know, at least if he's, if he's got a ball, he needs a pass. I got like, I'm in, I'm in stance. Like, like I, my, my, my hands are open. I'm ready to catch it. Like, I don't know. To me, that helped me get over the approval side of it and just made it more about the mission and making sure we moved forward. But I mean, it goes back to if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If you are, here's the thing though, when that moment comes, are you ready to own it? Like when it so comes, yeah, yeah. it will come. It could be the call before Sunday saying you have to preach. It could be, Hey, I can't make that important meeting with the business people or the bankers. I need right. you to go through right. it. It could be, Hey, I need you to lead all staff. Yeah. Hey, I, like, whatever it is. It's when that moment comes, do you, are you ready? Like, do you have something to go to? Like, will you own it in a way that your pastor is like, it was as if I was there. Like, cause it's not, yep. Yep. It, it's, it's not performative. And like you said, it's not attention seeking. I'm just, I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the sidelines, like put me in coach. I'm ready. Yep. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, joking with the people on the bench, but I'm paying attention to the game. I know what quarter it is. I know if we're on defense or offense, I know what the score right. is. I know what we need to do. I know who's hurt. Like I'm so in tune with the game that when you throw me the ball, you don't have to catch me up. I'm already, I'm already there. Um, so and I good. think that that's what all leaders, that's what they're looking for. And that's what we as second chair leaders need to be. So, I'm going to give us kind of this lens before we land the plane here. I always go back to three words. It's just kind of our leading second matrix in a way. I need to title this. I've titled this for like a decade. I need to actually title what this is. But I, I there's, there's three things I always think about in moments like this. And it's in this mm-hmm. order. It's alignment, capacity, and skill. Mm-hmm. Alignment, capacity, and skill. I always, I think number one, our pastors are looking for alignment. They're looking, you know, if we're going to stand in for our leaders, we have to be in alignment with them, heart and soul. Second being capacity, we also have to have the, you know, the, the, the capacity to step into that moment. Yeah. Like it's going to be a stretch. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to require something new of you. Um, it's going to put more on you. Mm-hmm. It's all great to get picked until you're picked. And That's- then... There you, <laughs> you go. Know, it's from there. It's just work. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh gosh. And, and if we're not ready with it, you know, in terms of our capacity, we can end up resenting the very thing we prayed for because, you know, we couldn't handle it. Anyways, I could preach on that. And then three is skill. You know, if, if you're, if you step into that moment or if you're called on, can, can you do a good job? Quite frankly. Yeah. You know, can you, or is there going to be a massive skill drop off, mm-hmm. you know, between you? So I just, I wanted to remind leading second, we, we teach about it on our, on our new site. We just put out leading second plus. I mean, I, I always go back to those three and, and ask myself, you know, am I in alignment? Do I have the capacity and do I have the skill? And to me, those get me ready. Those get me in position, Sure, you know, on the bench to step into the moments 
that we have. Um, let me ask you this, I guess, just to uh, wrap this. Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, we're, I don't know, we're 25 minutes in, something like that. And um, a leader is still listening. They obviously needed this conversation. Yeah. You know, their their drive time is still going, their workout's still going, whatever. They just really needed, they didn't turn off yet. And so they're still here. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to the leader listening right now who, you know, they want to get this moment right? Mm-hmm. Like they want to stand in for their pastor. They want to stand in for their leader. Um they're on the sidelines, maybe even feel like they're on the sidelines. Like, what would you say, like minister directly to the heart of that person right now? I think I would say you're exactly where God wants you to be. And I think we talk a lot about our leaders seeing us, giving us moments, giving us opportunities, giving us um, uh, space to do X, Y, or Z. And a lot of times we forget that God has, God placed us there and God put us there. Mm. And at times you may feel like you're overlooked. You may feel like, man, I'm never going to get to stand in because I haven't learned my leader's heart or I haven't done X or my leader hasn't done Y. And I think in those moments, you have to go back to making sure that I'm where God has me. And if God has me there, then there's something that he's doing. So while I'm there, I'm going to do everything I can to steward the seat that I'm in. And I think it's kind of what you said. If you go back to alignment, capacity, and skill, then I'm going to make sure that my leader knows I'm lockstep behind you, heart and soul. I have your back, whatever it is that you need me to do, whether that's in front of the crowd or behind the crowd, whether that's behind the scenes, whether it's on a platform or it's in the office, like whatever it is, I just want you to know heart and soul, I am with you. And then the second part, is making sure that we check in with our leaders of, do I have the capacity that I need to have to sit in the seat that I sit in and like, and just get an honest answer. And it doesn't mean you're going to get fired tomorrow. It doesn't mean that they're moving you, but you may be shocked. (laughs) Yeah. You may be shocked that, Hey, the water level has risen in our organization or the water level has risen at your church and we got, it's time to grow. We got to grow. Or your leader might finally be able to say, you do have the capacity, but man, your mental health is hindering this, or man, this is hindering this, or this is hindering that. Um, and then the last thing that I would say is we have to just, we have to trust God. Like at the end of the yeah. day, we have yeah. to truly trust God. He has us where he has us. And ultimately our relationship with God is number one. And the more I talk to God, the more he ministers to me, the more he directs me to say, do be in places that I'm supposed to be in positions me for what he has for me. And I think sometimes we can get a little misaligned with the approval of man and forget that all of this is for God. And as long as I'm checking so back in with God and I'm, I'm making sure that I'm where he has me and what he wants me to do, then everything else doesn't really matter. But being a leader that can stand in for your leader is more about how you take care of the moments before that moment. And it's more about how you steward the season that you're in and how you steward the seat that you're in and the moments, the little moments, I mean, the micro moments that come up before that big moment um, and making sure that we steward those right. Well said, my friend. I believe that ministered to somebody's heart and I'm so thankful for you. And um, 
thank you for being such a pillar and so steadfast in your church for your pastor. Your church is growing and no doubt it stretches you as well. But just thank you for for how you steward the second chair. We, we love you. We honor you today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love you and Lindsay and all that you guys are doing. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.